All right, here we are. This is Shane Ryan with my good friend Ariana Ely, and this is the as yet untitled Duke Basketball Podcast. Um, we've bandied about a few names. We may be called the Cameron Lazies, um, but I'm not sure if that's too self-deprecating and annoying. We'll figure out something. I feel like it has the perfect amount of like self-loathing that non-Duke fans can like appreciate. <laughs> And you do need some of that as a Duke fan, don't you? Because you're coming in with the elitist tag. Exactly. We got to bring ourselves down a few notches. Yeah, yeah. Maybe more. Maybe it should be even more selfish. (laughs) Something horrible, like the piece of shit Duke fans. Cameron trash bags. (laughs) So, so Ariana, um, people who don't know me, you probably do because you're probably finding this through Twitter or wherever. I've written a little bit about college basketball back in the day. I live in Durham. Went to Duke. I'm a Duke fan. Um, Ariana probably, in my opinion, knows more about Duke basketball, at least in the last 10 years, than many people, than most people, the vast majority of people, (laughs) um, because you're an usher, Ariana, uh, a grad student at Duke, and you've been an usher for a number of years now, so you've been at... um, Almost every home game that Duke has had since 2012. I think I've maybe missed three or four in that span of time, so... That's amazing. um, Yeah. And we'll talk more about that probably today a little bit and as yeah. the year goes along. Um, but this one, I think we just want to talk a little bit about the blue-white game, a little bit about um, being a Duke fan in year one AZ mm-hmm. after Zion. Uh, hard times. Hard times. <laughs> Will he get resurrected and come back? <laughs> I hope he does. I hope there's some weird rule in the NBA where once he comes back from his torn meniscus, he can rejoin Duke. <laughs> I like it. I support this rule. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with it. I think college basketball needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to talk about that, talk about this year's team, especially this year's freshmen, who I'm just learning about because I loathe following recruiting. And so I kind of just see them for the first time at the blue-white game. And so, yeah, let's talk about that. But Ariana, the first thing I wanted to ask you, you were, as usual, at the uh, the countdown to craziness. I was indeed. Um, before we get into the the players and things like that, what was the vibe there? How was Cameron? Yeah, um, it's always, I think one of my favorite things about the blue-white scrimmage is that on one hand, it is a scrimmage between the own team, but at the same time, like Cameron does end up filling up, which is a really neat experience. Um, and like, you know, we had a good turnout of grad students. I think we have like 500 grad students come through. So when you think of the fact that we have like 725 tickets, uh, almost the bulk of them was used. So that was great. Wow. Um, the undergrad section was pretty full. Everybody had like the light up blue horns on. Um, Dave Robinson walked through, which is always a great (laughs) thing to see. Um, But everybody was really excited. And it was like great when they like were getting ready to announce the team and they turned down the lights and like all you could see was the light from everybody's blue horns. Um, And like it's just a really neat moment. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Basketball season is starting again. So it's always a good feeling in there. Yeah. And it's such an amazing vibe. Even I, last year, you were kind enough to take me along to, I think, Eastern Michigan. Yeah. And it had been a long time since I'd been at a game, and I forgot how much fun it is just so to be good. there. Now, it helps to be on the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like peak seats, like right under the basket. It does help. And that's really the primary reason I'm doing this podcast. Is to get I am more than happy to bring you back. I'm more than happy to. No, but that game, we also saw one of, I think, maybe the best Zion dunk. Yeah. The, the alley-oop, I think, from Trey that on sounds, the fast break, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where he was like literally above the backboard oh, god like a, that was beautiful swooping down like an angel from heaven <laughs> can we bring him back we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna work if this podcast ever has any influence that's gonna be our, that's main our goal mission to get him back so yeah so what one thing i did want to ask you 
So you've been there for about 10 years or so. Oh, well, getting close to a decade yeah. now. Um, and I talked to John Feinstein earlier this year for the story that I talked to you about, about being a Duke fan. And his take was that, like, oh, Cameron Crazy used to be so much better, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, a lot of people will think that. But just in your time there... Have you noticed a change at all over the years? Yeah, there definitely has been one. Um, and it's it's interesting to see it kind of ebb and flow, um, partly in regards to like getting people who, like me, who's been a lifelong college basketball fan or just like basketball fan in general, who right. like coming through like follows it really regularly to those students who are like coming into this environment. They're not really basketball or even sports fans, but they're like, I'm at Duke. I need to go to basketball games because like Duke basketball is so big. And there's like a lot of different stuff to like learn, like different, you know, cheers that we do or things along those lines. Um, and so some of that stuff has like fallen away just as like the turnover and the crowd has like occurred or you're drawing different students than you like used to. Really? Um, yeah. So like um, different things like how at the like start of each game, the band plays Mortal Kombat and like people used to like punch along to it and like that sort of like fallen away some or like huh. uh, the band used to play like Rock Lobster. I think they still do every now and then, but like there was a dance that like went along oh, to yeah, it. The, this, the, the, the shoulder bit. My hands are on my shoulders yes. as I swivel my Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We used to do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that's gone now. Yeah. That's yeah. Sad. So, and I think I can recall them maybe playing it like once or twice last year and like everybody was just like i don't know what to do to this anymore and so yeah, yeah it's tough when like that stuff sort of falls away right um and it can also kind of like during games where like the crowd really like or the team really needs that like boost or that lift off mm -hmm. when the crowd is still trying to like wrap their heads around what it is they need to be doing it can be a little bit i'm sure as a player like when you're banking on the crowd to like help boost yeah. your energy hard to like not have that there yeah. um normally it picks up a little bit better during acc play non-conference is a little bit harder crowd wise um, and we also noticed that just in regards to like how many students are like coming out. So yeah. like when I first started here, it was like, so for grad students, um, we have our ticket card or like season ticket holder line. Um, and then we have our walk-up line. So students that are just coming up with their ID. Um, yeah. and like, <clears throat> it used to be that like only a handful of games we would have like guest promotions where we were letting in people who weren't students. Um, right, right. and it was like guests of students who had like ticket cards or something like that. Um, but now we do like those promotions a little bit more regularly just because not as many students are coming out to games. Yeah. That's, that's um, pretty heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah. Because like you were saying, I mean, in an ideal world, the sort of the student body and the fans there sort of reflect the team and that they're using, mm. The winner in the, the first part of the year to sort of get into their own form so that by the time UNC comes or whoever comes, it's an absolute madhouse and it's just terrible to play in and nobody yeah. looks forward to it and it's stressful for the other team. But it, it does seem like that, uh, just anecdotally, I had heard something similar to this, that people are kind of, the enthusiasm's dropping mm -hmm. out, fewer people are coming. What do you make of that? Why is that? I, it doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, I think... Is it the iPhones? It's, uh, <laughs> it, it might be. Like, the quality of TVs have just gotten so much better now that people don't need to come to the game to watch. Um, You're too far away. <laughs> <in the corner. laughs> um, I think it's partly a product of, one, the increased pressures that are put on students to, like, perform academically, and so, like, the, where their brain is, right. in so far as, like 
what they need what they are at duke to be doing um but then also there's just so many different things you can be involved with as a student on yeah. duke's campus that it can be a little bit overwhelming and so like finding a balance for that and like still like being like oh yeah basketball i'm gonna go to that thing right, right. um finding that balance can be a little bit difficult um but then also i think it's just a, a difference in the relationship to the game with the constant turnover of freshmen come in, they play for a season, and then they move on to the NBA. Um, oh, that's interesting. And How that so, would yeah, yeah, and so as opposed to like. You know, let's say you come in as a freshman and you are following the like class that's developing with you as you are a student here and Mm -hmm. as they're staying for like all four or even like sometimes three years or sometimes if they do a grad student year. Um, And it's a like team that like because they stay and are kind of building up, you feel more connected and more involved in. So I don't know if that's part of it too that there's so yeah. much turnover that it's just harder to keep track of right. um but there's definitely been a, a shift in kind of what we've seen insofar as students coming to games and like the number of students coming to games i mean we still like unc ends up being a big year or a big game every year um when we play uva at home that ends up being a pretty big game they're our number two rival um, now, right? yeah. i mean especially it's going to be even bigger mm-hmm. now that they won they've the won title. a title yeah, yeah. Um, the Syracuse game when we play them at home always ends up being pretty big. Yeah. It tends to be that wherever, at least from the like grad student side of things, where we tend to have like uh, grad or professional students who are alums of some of these other schools coming into play us tends to be when we, where we have the like largest turnout. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. folks from UVA, VTech, Syracuse, Notre Dame, um, you'll see kind of peaks when we play those teams because we have a lot of students who are alums of those sure, different sure, schools. Sure, sure, sure. So that's interesting, and you do wonder if that if that is consistent across if every school is seeing similar yeah. things. But it makes you also glad that Cameron is the size it is. Yeah, be, I love that it's that tiny. It would be horrible to be in a cavernous dean dome where mm-hmm. you're getting less and less turnout all the time. Yep. So. Um, that's good to hear that the that the crowd was there. Yeah. I mean, the crowd was up for it. So let's talk a little bit about these freshmen. Let's do it. And the team in general. I had to laugh because I was watching it again today, and I didn't pick this up the first time. But um, we have obviously four freshmen that are you know the big recruits, mm-hmm. and they scored in order of their yeah <laughs> of their, their, rank. their ranking. So so Vernon <laughs> Carey Jr. got the first basket, mm-hmm. and then it was Matthew Hurt. Um, and then it was Wendell Moore, and then finally uh, a guy a guy I'm very intrigued by. Cassius Stanley. Yeah. Um, so I, we don't have to start with him, but I, I do kind of want to because <laughs> let's do it. He they said on the blue white game he just broke Zion's vertical, vertical which is weird to me. It's so funny. I mean that that record felt like it would stand forever. But here comes this guy who mm-hmm. Duke listed at six six. ESPN had him at six five, so yeah. he's probably six three. Right. <laughs> but but no, he's obviously got crazy athleticism. Um, he strikes me as Zion, except uh, except yeah, <laughs> except less passion. Uh, doesn't also doesn't shoot kind of like Zion, mm-hmm. but um, but also not as good defensively. Yep. And apparently from what they're saying. Not as good a rebounder as you might think, considering his leaping ability. Yeah. So, yeah. So, let's start with Cassius, because 
he's obviously the tremendous upside guy, but we've had quite a few of those in recent years. And yeah. I don't know. I, I I love a guy that's a terrific athlete, but uh, what do you make of him? Yeah. So I'm going to preface this by saying that I have been biased because Zion exists and I got to see him play a lot in person. <laughs> yeah. And he, I've said this before to friends and I'm pretty sure he's ruined me for Duke basketball. Oh, for sure. I'm <laughs> like, in the same hands boat. Down. I'm on the same boat from TV. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> hearing him dunk in person and like feeling the reverberations <laughs> from the just like yeah it's unreal um but no looking at Cassius and kind of like thinking about his his game um and also his size like I felt like coming in and again this is probably slightly biased courtesy of Zion because he is like a large player I felt like Cassius was undersized Mm -hmm. for as tall as he is um and I think one of the things just in general that I worry about this team is the fact that we are lighter than last year's team. Oh, yeah. Not nearly we, as thick. Right, right. <laughs> with two the, Cs. We don't have the thick boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we move a little bit slower. And so that's mm-hmm. going to be an interesting trade-off to see how they... I feel like they're going to have to steer into that and like slow down the game to like help them develop plays to like create openings so that Cassius can like drive to the basket and things like that. Yeah. Um, because I don't think he is physically imposing enough to like have his way when he drives into the lane yeah. um, and like clear, clear space, like through guys. Um, and so that was interesting to me. And I think kind of one of the other notes is that, and like, this is probably a product of the fact that he is lighter than Zion. Um, and I feel bad that I'm like comparing this kid to Zion and he is like a player in his own right. And he's going to develop a game in his own right. He is the lover of Zion by which all future lovers <laughs> will be judged. Will be judged. <laughs> like it or not. Folks. Yeah. <laughs> Next uh, we'll compare Matthew Hurt to Zion. <laughs> every, every player will be compared to him from now on. Yeah. Um, but it's like when he he when he dunks there is like a because he is so light it just like happens and i'm like waiting for the wow factor and it's like dunking is never a thing that i'm ever going to be able to do in a game of basketball period sure. well don't tell yourself sure <laughs> i mean maybe if you, if, you, if you lower the hoop down yeah. to like a foot taller than me maybe <laughs> um but it's like I don't know. I think the thing that I worry about is us being undersized and seeing seeing how that's going to going to play out. And I'm having um I think one of the, the other things that gives me pause is the fact that like I feel like we have players who can be- penetrate like Cassius can. Mm-hmm. And like if he gets fouled and goes to the line, cool, hopefully he'll make his free throws and hopefully we'll have just a better free throw shooting team in general. They kind of have a mid-range game, but the mid-range game is something that's kind of being phased out of like college ball in general. Or basketball in general. Right. Yeah. And so because he doesn't necessarily have a three-point shot, I'm I'm wondering where his game is gonna end up falling. Yeah. Um, and how that's gonna play out. Cause like you can, you know, get a fadeaway hook shot, like sure, but if you're undersized and somebody that's on a, like, you know, a actual center from a team is like down there and blocks that into your face. Like, yeah, that's not, that's not so great. It's not really an element of the game that you want to bank on for being your primary area where like points come. And that's not to say that that's what's going to happen, but, um, well, we even saw that a little bit last year with Zion in the half court set mm-hmm. Zion. I mean, does so much damage. And even in the NBA preseason, we saw yep. he does so much damage crashing the boards on the fast break and being opportunistic and just being incredibly passionate. Yeah. But, um, 
even in the half court set, we saw teams and in college basketball is so much worse for this in the NBA. You can crash off a guy, and if he can't bury a three, you can nullify. I mean, yep. like there were times when, including against Michigan State, yeah. there were times when they just sort of took him out of his rhythm. Yeah. Um, and so if you're talking <laughs> about Cassius Stanley like that. It does make you worry of less physical than Zion, mm-hmm. so he's not going to get like the 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 rebounds, the points right. that Zion got just by being a hustler and by being you know enormous, right? And and so gifted athletically. So yeah, if this is a guy, yet another guy, who you can collapse off. You can right. easily see him falling out of rhythm and just having like stretches of weeks where he's just not scoring. Yeah, and I will say like one thing, um, just kind of uh, expanding out from Cassius. I think there will be the ability for him to play off of Vernon. Um, and like one of the things that I saw that was really encouraging is like Vernon's footwork in the lane is like oh, impeccable. Like it's a thing of beauty. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I think there will hopefully be a lot of ability for like those two to play off of one another. Right. Um, so that it doesn't end up being that Cassius drives the lane, ends up getting stuck in some way. And that ends up being a like bad offensive you know, set for him that he'll be able to bank on his teammates to kind of help bail him out. I'm in my head thinking about how Justice Winslow used to just like, you could see in his face that he was ignoring all of his teammates and he was going to like do what he wanted to do and like (laughs) drive the lane for better, for worse. (laughs) And so I'm hoping that like Cassius in doing like moves like that will recognize that like he might have Matt Hurt out on the wing that he can like chuck the ball to or Vernon in the lane beside him that he can like dish it to and he can skirt through defenders to like put up a, you know dunk or something like that yeah and we saw i think he had the niftiest move of the blue white game that little behind the back yeah. like shuffle dribble between o'connell and hurt yep to get any finish yep. he finished a little floater that, i mean yeah so he's obviously got game so yeah he'll be exciting to watch but i do have a lot of the similar concerns that you have um let's go to carry now because he's yeah. the stud he was i think they ranked him the number six recruit and by the way i've been seeing duke's recruiting class like generally put around third mm-hmm. third or fourth after yeah. like kentucky Sometimes Oregon is up there, Memphis. Um, So yeah, Vernon Carey seems to me like he's pretty close or as close as you're going to get in this day and age to being what we call a true center. Um, Yeah, I mean, just looking at the Blue White game, again, you always take it with a grain of salt. But he does have tremendous, and he seems really competent and fluid in Mm -hmm. the lane. And I did love seeing that. And I also love the Arvidas Savonis style one-hand passes. Where he just sort of like domineers, (laughs) just holds it up there and then wings it to somebody. Uh, I do like, just from a stylistic angle, 10 out of 10 for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm excited for him because it does feel like a lot of the big guys we've had lately um, just, you know, really don't have a sense of where they are on the court. Right. And he seems to have a hyper sense of where he is. He seems very fluid, very graceful. Um, yeah, like like enough of a dancer mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as well as an athlete to be somebody who can really finish consistently, hopefully. Um, is that the impression you get from him? Yeah, yeah. That's very much what I sensed from him on the court. Um, and... Um, yeah, it made me like in watching like the development of like Marquise Bolden, who's I think with the Cavs now, um, or like Javin Delorier, who like he's, you know, progressed a lot during his like years here. But one of the things that like always happened with those two is like when they actually did get the ball in the lane, they kind of lost sense of where they were, what they needed to do with their feet to like actually like make good on it. Um, and like sometimes they had like things that worked really well, but then more often than not, it kind of ended up being a scramble. Um, and like with Vern 
Vernon, he does, he just has a very intuitive sense of mm. where the bodies in the lane are that he needs to skirt around and yep. how to get there. And if he's not going to get a clean shot, where to put the ball so somebody else can. Um, and like, granted, you know, uh, yeah, grain of salt, since they were like playing each other, they obviously weren't going all out because um, we're, you know, just getting ready to start the season. But in seeing those sorts of moves and that sort of mentality um, during the blue-white I'm hopeful that those things will continue developing over the course of the season. And I think they will. And I, and I, I think there's like a lot of times with centers diminishing returns that you see because just the nature of basketball is that when you're young and tall, you're going to dominate just mm -hmm. by virtue of being tall. And so the, the people who learn the skill sets and who continue to develop it to the point you know, where you're playing at Duke and you're what we call a good center, it's rare, but he obviously has it. And yeah. he obviously has a sort of artistic sense of the game. Uh, I was kind of laughing a little bit because Javin had a pretty decent, like, blue-white scrimmage, mm -hmm. I thought. You know, he made a couple buckets. He had a tip-in dunk. Yep. Um, but he, when he was one-on-one -on -one against Kerry, he was, was like a child. Right. And there was even a photo the NNO took where it's like Javin looking tough and jumping. And Kerry's, like, a foot above him, just, like, casually just dipping <laughs> the ball in. Just a little lay-in. Um, and it is, yeah. I mean, it just shows you, like, Delorier is your classic, like, well, we hope he becomes Lance Thomas. Right. Um, but, like, Vernon Carey is, is more of sort of the real deal. Yeah. Uh, I'll be excited for not just how his season pans out at Duke, but for the rest of his career playing basketball. I'm really intrigued to see how he continues oh, to develop. Um, so let's talk about... Uh, one of the guys who hopefully is going to give us more of a shooting presence yeah. this year, Matt, Matt Hurt. Hurt. Um, I just think one thing, you know, I was looking at a list of the champions going back to the last time Duke won, mm -hmm. and it was really pronounced last year with Virginia, but it's consistent throughout with like Villanova's and even the Duke team. All these, the thing, the two things that these teams all have in common is that they're great defenders and they can shoot. Yep. And like all the other stuff we can talk about, but like if you lack one of them, I don't know if you can win anymore. And I know like Zion's injury put us out of rhythm last mm -hmm. year, and that's part of the reason. But also, I just you know, you, I don't know if we had a, a title in us not being right. able to shoot. And this is the big thing for me this year: is are we going to have the guys who not only are good shooters but are unlike Alex O'Connell, ready for the Consistent. big stage yeah. and, and not going to disappear on you mm -hmm. in, in big moments. And so, yeah, Matt Hurd is the, literally the great white hope. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess in that to sense. To a T. <laughs> right. I mean, but he he is the guy, right? Like, Stanley's not much of a shooter. The other recruits we have are big mm -hmm. guys. You know, you hope O'Connell develops. You hope Baker develops. Right. You hope Trey Jones is a better shooter. You hope Jack White never shoots. But, <laughs> Poor Jack. But Matthew Hurd, I mean, this is the guy, right? Rochester, Minnesota. I mean, is he... Does he have what it takes? Yeah. So I keep saying to like folks when I talk about this, that he reminds me of Ryan Kelly, um, oh. like, er, like early stages, Ryan Kelly. And like, I, um, you know, and being a Duke fan for as long as I've been a Duke fan, which is the entirety of my life, courtesy of my dad uh, doing his undergrad there. Uh, and playing um, football, we should mention. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Was, that was a Duke football He player. was indeed. Yeah, you, um, come from, you come from good stock. <laughs> <laughs> um, and watching Ryan Kelly develop over the, like, four years that he played here, um, that I really do see kind of Matt Hurt kind of filling those same shoes. Um, hopefully he'll advance, like, a little bit faster. Uh, but, like, one of my favorite Duke memories was was Ryan Kelly's senior year when he came off his injury against uh, Miami and he just like shot lights out the entire night. That I was the best. It yeah. was That was one of beautiful. the coolest games, regular yeah. season games ever. Yeah. And they all, chanting White Raven, mm -hmm. which I take credit for. I came up with that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I mean, hearing that comparison is like music to my ears. I mean, yeah. I, you would absolutely take a Ryan Kelly type, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think... 
as he kind of hopefully he'll fall into a rhythm i don't remember what his uh percentage was for the blue white um but i think he has a good eye for like when to actually take a shot um and i also he doesn't need like you know 50 feet of clearance to like feel comfortable taking a shot which i am encouraged to see because in you know a real game situation you're gonna have guys you know up on you defending you and so you're not gonna have that clearance you're gonna be able to like you're gonna have to be able to pull the trigger in those pressure situations and he very much seems like cool as a cucumber um like i don't think i saw him got ruffled like even once during the like blue white which i mean the quietness of the team we can talk about a little bit later but especially from a guy that we're looking to for a three-point presence that's very much something that i want to see um because I think your best three-point shooters are, like, the quiet ones that, like, oh, for sure. yeah. in the moment, in a high-pressure situation, like, know what they need to do and can deliver that dagger on notice to, like, completely deflate a defense. And I think he can develop to be one of those players. It's funny. You, you think about, like, the great ones ever. Like, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Seth Curry, mm-hmm. Steve Kerr. They all do have that sort of, like, yeah. they all have personalities. And they're all interesting people. But on the court, that sort of blankness about them, like, just a very... It's- Sort of, even when they celebrate, it's like a very cool and casual thing. Um, and even, yeah, I mean, JJ was more passionate, but he still mm-hmm. had that clinical thing where he was always working and, and really not too demonstrative while he was in the thick of an offensive possession. Um, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. I. Um, I laughed at his dancing. Um, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> it's exactly it's exactly how if I was forced to do that, which is like my nightmare. I hate going to weddings because I know I'll have to dance at some point. Uh, it's exactly how I would have done it, which is that I wouldn't have been so much of a coward like some of them were that I just ran to do high fives. Yeah. I would have felt compelled to, to do dance, a little bit of dancing. Dance, Shane. Dance. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> That's what I would have pictured. 13,000 people screaming, dance, dance. Um, and I would have attempted it and it would have looked just like him really awkward I, I would have despite myself done the overbite that thing he did or like the lip bite or whatever um, yeah and then he like he did it for a second and then he got out and yep. that's, I was like total respect man. Yeah. you weren't yeah. good you were a little bit awkward but like nobody in the end nobody will remember it you got away with it um We'll, we'll talk about this more later, but I well maybe let, let's talk, about, talk it about it now. Let's do it now. Dancing in general. So the two guys I loved, and this again, the first time I watched the blue white game, literal no idea about our recruits because yeah. I, I don't I don't I wait for it to come until they're actually playing. But two of the guys who are the freshmen who I thought were the best in funny ways were Michael Savarino. Who kept doing the like the heart gesture, yes. the, the little hand hearts, yes. in a really weird way, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's a weirdo! I can't wait to watch him play." And the other one was Keenan Worthington, who did like kind of like came out looking awkward, but then went into a shuffle step that people like cheered for, yeah, and then like did the weird like phone callie like stage yep. grin. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm up for seeing what these guys have. And of course, are the two like walk-ons who are just never yeah. going to play. Yeah. Um, and the ones who did, like, you know, they were fine. The rest of the dancers were fine. Um, Can we talk about how Justin Robinson walked out to Don't Stop Believing by Journey? And like kind of karaoke <laughs> <He> it. Did. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like, yeah, like I wonder if that's like a personal sadness right. for them. <laughs> Uh, I was going to make a joke earlier when you talked about David Robinson. I was going to be like, for our listeners who don't know, that is Javin Deloria's father. (laughs) He's going to erase Justin Robinson. But it was. It was very funny for him. He was like a very Matthew Hurt style thing Mm -hmm. of like not being able to dance that well and kind of like trying to disguise it. Exactly. Who did you think? Did you have a number one among the dancers? Uh, For favorites? Um, So... 
I can remember, I and now I'm trying to remember what exactly Mike Buckmeyer did, but I remember turning <laughs> to my friend and being like, what's happening right now? <laughs> because I just I like, can't remember that either. Now, now I'm dying to I, know. I couldn't make out what exactly was happening. Oh, I'm just, <laughs> I, so, I, 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 as you talk, I'm going to try to find it here. I, yeah, have, I have it queued up. Yeah, I just, I can remember standing there with my friend Kyle and like <laughs> watching it unfold and like, I don't remember what song he chose, but I can remember watching the movements he was making and just being like, are these the moves he pulls out at the club? Is this his choice? So here's, um, here's we're watching. Uh, we're watching my man Savarino right now. Yes. Oh, it's just like, he just goes all out. Yeah, which I can, so I don't know how many listeners at home know this, but he's Coach K's grandson. Oh. And like during the time that I have had been a graduate student that. and like graduated from Duke I have seen him be a like child to now be in college age and that's the moment where I'm like I've been here too <laughs> long um but yes I think you were yeah are now at am I past him I think so I'm, I'm gonna there's try to like fast forward there's Javin yeah Javin kind of did nothing Justin did nothing um is that no that's Jack, Jack White, White. Well, yeah, so yeah, I, I think know. it was a little bit further towards the like beginning, and like it was just. So we'll let we'll let this play as we talk, and yeah, we'll, so we don't see what happens. But um, yeah, uh, it was it was a move, and it wasn't a good one. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was oh. that was all. It tells you a little bit about them, but I liked Matthew Hurt's like I got to get out of here. Yep, <laughs> like hey, we're done. <laughs> Extremely, extremely <laughs> relatable. Uh, so the one guy we haven't talked about is Wendell Moore. Yeah. And, and he is sort of the dark horse on the mm-hmm. team a little bit. Um, you're going to be talking a lot about Carrie and Hurt and, yep. you know, Cassius Stanley's athleticism. But just give me, like, basically, what is the profile on, on Moore? I mean, he's a 6'6", 4", yeah. 213, biggish guy, but not super, super tall, out of Charlotte. What's his deal? Yeah, so... Um my first impression was that he was like smaller than I was expecting. And he, and so this I think is a commentary on how light we're going to be this season anyway. Yeah, so like yeah. Duke every year at countdown, they reveal their like, I don't remember exactly what they call it, but it's the player who like put on the most like muscle over their training during the summer. Oh, and he okay. won that award. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think that kind of, yeah, tells you a lot about if I'm like saying that I felt like he was going to be bigger than he is. And he's the one that like won the, like did, <laughs> yeah, did yeah. the most lifting um, of, of our guys. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure how he's going to fit necessarily into our offense. Um, he was kind of quiet or like his presence on the court was quiet compared to, uh, everybody else. Um, and I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish that. I I have a question. I have that moment where I'm almost worried that he's going to end up having a similar season to how Cam had last year, where he has a couple of like really big games, but kind of in some cases falls by the wayside in comparison to the other guys that we have coming in. I hope that doesn't happen for him. Um, I don't think his drive game is necessarily as strong as Cash's. And I don't really have a feel for how his outside game looks. Um, so I'm, I'm still kind of, yeah, at a loss of how exactly he's, he's going to develop. Um, so, but I did, I feel, I feel like he had a quiet presence and even, um, on the defensive end of the floor, I'm having a hard time placing, um, things that, things that he did. Um, so, and I think that kind of goes back to, a point that I was going to make earlier of just how 
Like this team is very quiet. Um, I was just going to ask you: is is it a quiet team this it year? It is. I, mean, like, I was looking at like who are the fire guys, and I'm like, is it Trey Jones? I mean, yes. is he really it? Yes. Um, and, and none of the freshmen are kind of no. They're not even all hurt very that. quiet and kind of methodical and like in their own heads. That's so like I can yeah. remember the blue white last year because Zion and RJ were on opposite teams, and like they were kind of like jawing off at one another, and like I can remember turning to my friends and being like, is this going to be like a thing? Are they not going to get along? And like it turns yeah. out they're like besties, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but like there was so much fire and energy and communication between everybody. Yeah. Um, and then this team is like the exact opposite, like on the court, like th when there were moments where the crowd got really quiet, Cameron was just like silent. No kidding. Um, yeah. cause and there wasn't like a lot of communication. Like sometimes there was some communication from Jav, which like you hope to see since he's one of our captains. Um, and every now and then some like chatter from Trey, but other than that, it was very, very quiet. So that's going to drive Coach K apeshit. I yeah. mean, he he will hate that. Yeah, he will hate that these guys can't step up because he always. I mean, coaches are always going on about well, people lead in different ways and mm -hmm. blah blah blah. But the truth is, you need someone on the court to. And every Duke championship team has had has had guys yep. like that. I mean, to an extreme degree in the ninety one ninety two mm -hmm. team with Leitner and, and guys like Hurley and Grant yep. Hill, but. I mean, even when you look at, okay, so then you had like Singler and, and like Shire, those guys yeah. were not shy. Yeah. Um, even the last championship team. I like mean, like Nolan. Yeah. yeah. And in the 2015 team, yeah, I, like mean, Tyus, with, I mean, yeah, Tyus, Tyus, Tyus Jaw, and. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, justice sometimes went ghost. It's like you had no <laughs> idea what was going on inside his brain. But. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, but you did, you did have those guys. And yeah. you had a great, terrific leader in Miles Plumley, which you can't. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Miles, a man after our own hearts. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Um, so, yeah. So that's, I feel like that's that's a good wrap up of the yeah. freshmen. Um I don't have a ton of thoughts on the on the returning guys. Yeah. It really is a story of like who's going to step up and be the man. Or can we talk not, about Joey Baker I, after his misfit, his like abandoned season last the, year? I have to say, honestly, I mean, Coach K, there's just uh, <laughs> you're not telling tales out of school to say he's an amazing coach and a really smart, yeah. competitive guy. His unredshirting of Joey Baker is the single most inexplicable thing I've ever seen him do. Was it yeah. the Syracuse game, I think? Mm -hmm. They took him, he put him in, yep. and you're thinking, okay, well, they're blowing Baker's redshirt, but yep. they need him, and he's going to play a role now. Took him out like a minute later, and the guy didn't see the court again. Yeah. I mean, he may have for like he played, I think, a couple of minutes in the like either ACC tourney or something like that. And it was just like, what? Yeah. And, and I thought for sure. I mean, I don't know Joey Baker's personality at all, but I'm like, he's got to leave, right? Right. Just like a weird like. Yeah. Do you think? Like I was like, did Coach K just make a mistake one day and never? I, I don't know if anybody's asked him about it, but it really is one of the funniest and most like yep. shocking things that he's ever done uh, for a guy who doesn't like have an ounce of mismanagement in him usually yep. <laughs> to blow an entire red shirt yeah I was like I can again remember turning my friends to be like wait why is Joey Baker going in right now like this doesn't make sense and see I was an optimist I was like oh he's been kicking ass in yeah. practice and he's ready to like bring us to the next level he's gonna be the guy that carries the team while Zion's out not at all no Coach K was immediately like oh boy <laughs> oh boy he didn't, he didn't even give him like 10 minutes to like, <laughs> he, like he didn't even get a full half of basketball it was the quickest hook I've ever seen um, uh, so yeah there's joey's got to improve yeah. alex o'connell's hair is just awful he always lo he looks like the weak prince in like an old like braveheart type movie that is like the son of a tough king but like the king just like is like oh i can't kill him because he's my son but he eventually just dies in some miserable way gets thrown out of the window by his dad <laughs> the um, one thing that i hope for alex o'connell is that because okay that kid has 
basketball skills. Like he can shoot grid. He needs nobody to be near him or like looking his direction to like actually have it go in the basket. <laughs> and he has some legitimate like post moves and like drives to the lane. And he's athletic. I mean, yeah, yeah like yeah, he yeah. has the pieces yeah. and like, I really hope he is able to pull them together to like actually be a presence on the court Yeah, because I just like, they're there. I just want him to translate them. Totally. I mean, I was like, even in the dancing, I, I keep going back to the dancing. <laughs> I mean, it's a measure of a man's ba- and uh, or woman's basketball like abilities. Clearly, uh, I've taken courses in dance psychology and what <laughs> dance says about the man. Um, but no, like even this dance, he like walked out and like stared at his teammates with like a weird little grin. Then kind of did a move where he was like kind of shuffling. Basically, he choked even at the dancing. <laughs> And I'm like, that bodes so poorly for the rest of the year. But I, I do feel like it's going to be a year where he's disappointing for the most part. And then, like, there's going to be a couple games that he has good games and gives you a little bit of hope. Yeah. And then he'll, like, vanish again when it yeah. matters. And I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he pulls me. He's a junior now. I hope he yeah. pulls me wrong. Um, yeah. Jack White, Javin Delorier, do you want to tackle him at the same time? Um, both, we both, can. Se- both seniors. Both seniors, now. both captains. Um, I pray to God Jack has a better season this year than last year. Like that was really his stretch of not hitting a bucket was like really brutal. I will say there were some cute moments during the blue white scrimmage where like any time that either Jack or Javin were like on the floor, it was because one or the other knocked each other over. Like <laughs> one driving to the lane or like something along those lines. He took a, he took a charge. Yeah, oh, exactly. A terrible call, by the yep. way. A harbinger of what yeah. we're going to see all year. But <laughs> um, Deloria just like shot in from the wing and like yep. flopped over and Jack White took a charge against him. And then at one point in time i think uh either jack had a dunk over delorier or the other way around i think it was jack had a dunk over delorier and when jack landed he just like smiled at him like sorry dude (laughs) um so like their dynamic is like friends and as co-captains i think is just endearing and adorable um so i do i hope for both of them that they have good senior seasons and you know i I know i just said defense and uh and, and shooting are the things you need but it also does seem like there are contributing upperclassmen to most championship mm-hmm. teams. I think the only two, and not, not just contributing, but like stars, yep. and the only two exceptions are probably the Duke title team and going back to, to Kentucky's Anthony yeah. Davis title. Those are the only that I can think of super freshman-heavy teams in this era of one and done that have won national titles. Agreed. The rest, whether it's Villanova, UNC, whoever you're talking about, they have stars who somehow the coaches kept them there mm-hmm. um, through the years that are juniors and seniors now. Don't think we have those guys. No. I don't think we have them this year. No. Uh, I would entirely agree with you there. Um, and like, it's because, yeah, I think our only seniors are Jav, Jack, and Justin Robinson. Um, That's right, yeah. It's only those three. And so... Juniors, Goldwire, O'Connell. Right. And Buckmeyer. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think when it comes to like defense, Jordan Goldwire is a really great defender and I think he's underestimated sometimes because he doesn't get a ton of like playing time, but he's a great defender. Um, But yeah, when it comes to that kind of like senior expertise, like on the court, um, we're lacking in that area. And so you kind of hope that some of the other guys are like able to do that. And like, that's one of the reasons why like the fact that we're quiet kind of concerns me a little bit because somebody's going to have to like pick up that communication and like team coordination um since we don't have that kind of experience um and like i think that like trey brings a lot of fire to the table and like i'm so glad that he is back um i loved watching him play last year and i'm excited to see him play more um but yeah 
I so, see looking at the schedule right now. Yeah, looking at the schedule and just kind of looking at uh, a couple exhibition games. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, well, I'll be in Ireland, but maybe we'll come back and do a show before the Kansas yeah. game. But yeah, just to just to conclude it here, um, we'll do the e- well, not the easy question, but we'll do the less like looking into the future question. Yeah. Just for the Kansas game and, and over the next stretch, do you have a starting five in mind? Uh, so I mean, obviously Trey, Vernon, Matt, um, and then I think you start Cassius and Javin. Yeah, I obviously the first three, and I, I was. I was leaning more. I think Cassius will start on the bench. I yeah. was thinking more that I think Javin. You're right. You, you do wonder if Jack White will get a shout just because he's right, a senior he's and a, a captain. But I mean that. You know, maybe they'll have a quick hook, but that's it. Does keep Moore and Stanley out? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at like, I mean, does O'Connell have a chance to, to crack it early? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe depending yeah. on how he's producing in practice. Um, but you got hurt as a for sure starter, right? Yeah. I would say so because yeah. we need that three point threat. So I think if you have that three point threat and then Vernon at your center, then and Trey distributing the ball, like those three, I think end up being your core, and then your forwards you rotate around that. Yeah. yeah. And then the longer term question: um, where, What's the ceiling for this team? I mean, is this a team that could make the elite eight? Are you asking if it is the roof or not the roof? <laughs> <laughs> is the ceiling roof adjacent at least? So, well, let's talk about like the yeah. rankings. The rankings right now, I we're mean, four, right? Duke, yeah, Duke didn't get a first place vote, yeah. but we're the top team that didn't. We're number four. Michigan State is the number one team. Then you've got Kentucky and Kansas. So, yeah. you know, as with every year, a lot of the usual suspects. Uh, Carolina's up there at nine, and then you got Villanova, Virginia, ten and eleven. Um, I mean, yeah, if you're preseason ranked number four, you have to say your goal is to make the final four right. at least. But it doesn't. It, it doesn't right feel now, like right this now. team's gonna make it there yeah. to me, anyways. Yeah. Um, I would say I, I think we'll get to second weekend. How well we do in second weekend, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, and like the worser part of me wants to say that this is going to be like a Lehigh or a Mercer team. And like, (laughs) I feel bad saying that because like, I love Duke basketball, but at the same time, like my gut is like screaming that like, I feel like we're, I I feel like we compared to Duke teams past, I feel like it might be a, a down season. Now, let me follow up with this because I have my answers. If I were to say to you, we go as blank goes. In other words, who are the mm. most important player or players? At, like, if, yeah. whether they develop, whether they become stars that determine the success of this team. Yeah. Who you, who you got? Um, I say Matt Hurt and Vernon are going to be really important. Vernon, insofar as free throw shooting, I think that is going to be really critical because I think yeah. he's going to get fouled a lot when he drives the lane or tries to get putbacks. Yeah. And so I think yeah. he's going to have to make those those free throws. Um, and Hurt, insofar as giving us a legitimate three-point threat, I feel like we've had a lot of Duke teams that have lived and died by the three and haven't actually been able to produce on that mark. Yep. Um, and so I think I think that's going to be really important. Um, and like insofar as I mean, like I trust Trey completely insofar as like being I think he's the top defender, like off ball defender in college basketball. He's right got to be close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so like I trust him completely on defense and I trust him completely to distribute the ball because he just sees the court so well. Um, so I think he's going to be amazing and consistent throughout the season. So I think our two linchpins insofar as how we go are 
three-point shooting and center presence. Yeah, I was I was going to go along those same lines, but I was going to say I think we kind of know what we're getting from Carey to a certain mm, degree. Like he's he's fair. that good. But as, as we've seen in, in basketball in general, like a center can't do everything mm-hmm. for you. Uh, naturally limited just by the fact that he's not necessarily a ball handler. Right. Um, I totally agree with you about Trey Jones. And so I was going to say hurting more. Yeah. I, I, think, I think we need a guy, and it could be Stanley too, but we need someone like Wendell Moore to prove that he is not just competent and capable of starting for Duke, but a legitimate star, the yeah. guy who will be a top, you know, who will be a lottery pick next year. Um, and if someone like that can develop, then I'll feel better. About um, everybody else. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, these guys look good. It was really fun seeing basketball again. Just I know, like you said. I'm excited. It's nice. And now it's 7.49 p.m. We are 10 minutes away from the start of the NBA season. Yes. We were supposed to be watching Zion. My heart. <laughs> we're not going to be watching Zion tonight, but we got Pelicans against the Raptors. And then if we're if we're not dead tired, maybe yeah. a half of Lakers, uh, Clippers. So Should be well, a fun NBA season. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, this was a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, this was great. This was really fun. Um, hope you guys enjoyed listening. We will, by the next time we do this, have a title Yay. and something more official. This is just an MP3 we're throwing up, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I, uh, any last words before we say goodbye? Um, I mean, cheers to a hopefully winning Duke basketball season of some kind, whether that is, I feel like it's been forever since we had an ACC regular season title. <laughs> it really <laughs> so, has been a long time. Yeah. Like, I would love to see something like that, but more than anything, I just... I really want these guys to come together as a team. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the reasons why I love last year's team so much is that like the cohesion between all of them was so great. And I want to see these guys develop that way. Yeah, totally agree. And I think that makes last year even more painful a little bit at the yeah. end, the tale of what got away. Yeah. Um, and we'll be talking about that more throughout the year. And I agree with you. Hope they come together and go Duke. Woohoo. <laughs>